This is Uncle Hokage, your Otaku Uncle. Thank you for listening to the Uncle Hokage's Anime Podcast, where we're talking anime, we're talking JRPGs, we're talking Otaku culture and Japanese culture. So, let's see. If you are tuning in for the first time, welcome. If you're a repeat visitor, uh, welcome to you as well. We, uh, I just did a uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I've done so far, probably my favorite one, where I'm talking about Final Fantasy, um, trying to determine which is the best Final Fantasy based on my uh, plays, based on the games I've played, because obviously I haven't played them all, but... As a fan of Final Fantasy for a long time, having gone back and played uh, some of the older ones, and that kind of like really uh, put me on the path to being a hardcore JRPG head. Um, go listen to that one. That one's a lot of fun. I get pretty pretty involved, pretty intense with my my passion for the genre. So uh, I wanted to take a moment and talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on with me. Because this is my podcast and I can do that. So as a lot of you guys know, I'm trying to do something for myself. I'm trying to start this whole anime culture business channel thing. And I'm slowly learning the different bits and pieces. I'm putting things together. I'm trying to get myself in the right path. Uh, Like you guys, like most of you, I'm just a classic otaku fan. I've got a day job. I've got a girl. I have family. I have friends. And some of my friends love the culture. Some of them don't. But at the same time, um, I'm also trying to figure out what is my purpose? And when I started to ask those questions, wouldn't you believe it? The universe started to answer. When you are honest, at least when when I have been honest with who I am, I seem to be getting more and more positive feedback uh, from the ether. So I'm just blessed. I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm challenged. I'm just having a lot of fun. So When I stopped trying to hide behind monikers, when I stopped trying to be something that I'm not, when I went to myself at the core and I became the otaku uncle, Uncle Hokage, no more nonsense, no more BS, I'm actually kind of starting to appreciate who I am at the the core, at, at my base, and it's wonderful. It's this beautiful little thing. So I'm just excited and I'm happy that I'm able to share it with you guys. So what's been going on with me lately is by, uh, I've been gearing up to go to Anime Fest. Uh, Anime Fest is in Dallas, Texas. It's happening this coming Friday uh, through Monday. So Friday night, Saturday, Sunday and Monday at the Sheraton Hotel in downtown Dallas. I'm going to go, and I'm going to be doing quite a bit of filming on Saturday, and I think I'm going to go back probably on Monday, because it's an odd day to go, so I think some odd stuff is going to happen. Uh, I'm very excited for this con. Originally, I was going to go to Anime Austin, partly because I love Austin. I think it's a just amazing city. The energy, the vibe, it's right up my alley. I love the weirdness. I love that people are just themselves, the randomness. I'm very attracted to that city. Uh, In addition to that, uh, I've been trying to go to more conventions because I want to do more 
in life than uh, what I'm doing at my day job, which I love. And I love the people there and I love doing it, but it's not my passion. So I can only love the process as opposed to the, the outcome, which is only like a half full cup. So I'm trying to establish something. I'm putting together a network and I'm going to go ahead and put it out there in the ether as not just, I don't want a channel. I want a network. I want a community. I want a community run anime enthusiastic, manga enthusiastic, JRPG enthusiastic group of people who come together and present their best, most passionate work and put it out there. Um, multi channels with multiple shows all geared towards the love of the otaku culture that's really what i'm trying to put together and it is a big massive endeavor which may or may not happen but i feel like it might i feel like it's going to be something where i can just bring people in and together we can make some cool stuff uh, as a result i've been trying to get out and do more stuff so this is my rambling way to tell you that i ended up going to um, game expo in irving uh, Irving is one of the sub, uh, suburbs of Dallas, for those of you who don't know. It's like kind of in between... No, it's it's really close to Dallas. It's not quite in between Dallas and Fort Worth, but it's uh, on the edge. Um, me and my buddy went. My buddy is uh, does a lot of game jams, and if you don't know what a game jam is, it's where a group of indie, of indie developers uh, with different skill sets, so there'll be coders, designers, artists writers, uh, musicians, my buddy's a musician, they try and make a game in a very compressed short amount of time. So like three days or a week or maybe a month. Uh, and then they just put it out and they make a new one. It's really good way for you to kind of get your chops. If you're trying to get into the industry, it's a great way to start. It's a great place to kind of learn and network and meet with and learn how the industry works. Um, and so I went with him. Now, for myself, I'm trying to get into the anime community because I would love to... The dream is to make a, my own anime. It's to make and somehow be a part of that and maybe be the uh, probably the uh, director of the series is probably what I'm going to be doing. But I'm just trying to get out and meet people. So the Anime Fest at the Irving Convention Center was really cool. Uh, we went on Sunday. So... It wasn't as crowded, so I got to see a lot of little unique aspects to the gaming community that I wouldn't ordinarily have seen. There was uh, this really good, uh, cool indie developer who was making this JRPG slash side-scroll shooter bullet hell but not as intense style game that I loved and he was cool as hell. His name was Joel. It was just so much fun seeing the bones and the behind the scenes of it, seeing people excited uh, for stuff like that. There were these game rooms where people, you could just sit and you could just kind of play. Um, you could kind of play all these old classic console games. So I played Power Stone. Uh, I meant to play Star Fox, but I forgot. I left the room and didn't come back. But it was this really cool experience. So I want to elaborate a little bit on that, but that's kind of what we're going to talk about. I want to talk about my experiences there, what I saw, how it made me feel, what I smelled, who I met, stuff like that. Um, 
because I feel like if you know who I am, you know, you'll know kind of where I'm coming from and maybe you'll, we can connect even better. So before I get into it, reach out to me on Instagram at Uncle Hokage, go to my Snapchat at Uncle Hokage TV, or just say hello to me on Reddit at Uncle Hokage. I'm on there all the time. So to the fest. I have to say that that was my first time ever going to Gaming Expo. Um, I've been to a couple of random conventions here and there, depending. Usually with my same friend, because we have a lot of the same interests. We went to a Pokemon convention, very small one, um, a couple of years ago, maybe two, three years ago. And that one was pretty cool, but it was so small. And so kind of self-contained, there wasn't a ton of stuff for the older crowd to do. So if you were just like a classic Pokemon fan, um, this really wasn't the one for you. It was more like a thing to do to kind of keep kids invested and motivated and that, that type of thing. So uh, in regards to that, I feel like there are more diverse very types of conventions that are around and that in particular uh, was not one of them but this one was it was one of the cooler experiences that I can recall just you know in my in my days of wishing that there were more things and more events like this that existed there's nothing better than actualizing those little moments that you wish were real when you were a kid. When, when I was a kid, I used to wish that I went to some sort of like anime style school or some video game high, something that it just made the mundanity of everyday life, of homework, and books and sitting still and listening to teachers something that made it pop more exciting more interesting that's what i always wanted but obviously that's not 100 percent how life works you've got responsibilities you have um chores and <clears throat> the world doesn't operate in that vein that we wished it did or it doesn't operate like it does on TV or in the movies where these kids and stuff are just doing these fantastical uh, things it doesn't typically happen like that but when you go to something like this like when I actually went to the con that's kind of the vibe that you get there is that fantastic nature there is that mysticism that randomness that coolness that you wouldn't ordinarily receive and it's there because we choose for it to be there everybody who is present kind of has the same agenda we're all trying to um extrapolate a little bit of the pixel world into real life so the people that put on the convention they're fans they're invested they love gaming the people that show up they're fans they're invested they love gaming 
So when you put those two together and one person is trying to deliver something, they know the target audience and the target audience is them. So when they have that in mind as they're kind of putting their creation together, it's almost musical how synonymous and how perfect the planning stages and the implementation goes. And it's that implementation that really kind of puts things together for uh, the outside individuals. Uh, one of the cool things that is a perfect example of that is that they had a gaming tournament, uh, which they called their wizard tournament. And the wizard tournament, what it was, it, it was this Nintendo style tournament where you would play different Nintendo games and then kind of whoever got the high score would win their round and eventually kind of win the tournament. That's what they were basically trying to do. So everybody throughout the tournament, I don't know if that started on Saturday or on Sunday, they would go and then they would play their games and they would say, okay, these five gamers had the high score in Super Mario Brothers 2. And then they would say, okay, the next set is going to play um, in the next round. They'd probably change the game and they would say, okay, now out of these 20, these like half of them qualify for the next round. Until they got to the end, they had their top three. And they called it the Wizard Tournament because if you're uh, kind of an old school gaming fan, you've probably heard about. Uh, Wizard, the movie starring Fred Savage when he was young from um, I can't even remember the name of his show but Ben Savage is his brother Ben Savage was in Different World Fred Savage was in Wonder Years and the whole point of the, the movie was that it was a big advertisement to Super Mario Brothers 3 that was the big game for the original Nintendo when it first came out. And this movie was the first time that they actually showed footage of the title. So what they did is that they had this kid whom uh, they all love like gaming and they love Nintendos and stuff like that. And this kid uh, had a little brother who was basically a gaming wizard. And as a wizard, he was good at anything that he touches. So they found out that there's like this gaming tournament in California where a brand new game is gonna be revealed and it's gonna be amazing and fantastic. And uh, he's like, we just gotta get to California. And on their way, they have fun, random Nintendo journey. But it became this like cult classic, cult favorite really, because it's the only game that's the only movie that was about something that they loved growing up which was Nintendo. If you were a hardcore Nintendo person and you're the type of person that collected every single game and maybe you had, uh, when the PCs came out, you downloaded all the ROMs and then maybe you uh, read all the magazines and you were hardcore about it, this was a movie that basically spoke to your soul. So what's cool about that is that 
they found a way to kind of emulate it in this convention. So at the very end of the convention, the last like two, three hours, they had the top three high score people play a game. And then the announcer on stage, you know, they had a whole production. They had a couple of break dancers come out and everything. He, uh, he said, okay, just like in the movie, you guys are not gonna know the game you're gonna play. So what do you think? What do you think the game's gonna be? And one guy was like, Super Mario 2. And then one guy was like, I don't know, like Dig Dug or whatever. Well, they ended up playing Mega Man, the original Mega Man, which apparently is the only Mega Man that keeps score out of the ones for Nintendo. And I did not know that. So it was really cool. The winner got a trip to Universal Studios, so if you're a gamer and you're thinking about why you should go to these conventions and maybe you're competitive, boom, there's another reason for you. Um, but throughout that location, one of the, my favorite parts was just the arcade machines. Um, they had a series of arcades set up with a whole bunch of just classic video games inside the art expo. So usually the art hall when you go to a convention is just lined and lined and lined with booths of people trying to sell their wares. So you have people who are just selling their artwork, they're selling t-shirts, they're selling trinkets, or they're selling actual games, manga, anime, that type of thing. But in addition to that, half of the, half of the hall, the exhibit hall was split so they had the stages on that side and before you got the stages was just rows of old arcade machines. So I'm talking about classic ones. There was a bunch of pinball machines in the back, but there was Street Fighter 2. There was Street Fighter uh, 5. There was Tatsunoko versus Capcom. There was a Fist of the North Star game. There was Melty Blood uh, fighting game. There were so many different variety of games, ones that you remember, ones you didn't play, that people were just hanging out. And it was free to play. They just rigged the system so that you can play as much as you want, and people did. And they just had a good time. And I think it's in that environment where you're just letting your hair down, so to speak, and you're just enjoying it, that you can really kind of communicate in that nice, positive, friendly way with other gamers. The same way that we try to communicate with our, or we do communicate with ourselves when we're alone because that's where we're being our true and authentic selves. So I thought that was really cool. I met some cool people there. Um, in addition to that, uh, on the third floor of the convention, speaking of free to play, they had a bunch of old consoles. So they just had a room with all the lights off and a bunch of old CRT TVs. For those of you who are very young, for your uncle's page, um, all TVs now are flat. They're flat screen TVs. Before that, they were chunky. Um, before we had HD graphics, we had uh, SD, which is standard definition as opposed to high definition. And these TVs were heavy. They're big square blocks and they didn't fit everywhere. But if you wanted a big screen TV, it was a big, heavy machine. Uh, but what they did is they just got all those TVs that thrift stores can't sell and they collected them and they just put them on rows of tables and hooked them up to old video game consoles. So I saw Sega Saturn, I saw Dreamcast, tons of Super Nintendos, uh, GameCube, uh, Nintendo Switch, original Xbox, Xbox 360, Nintendo 64, all lined up and you could just sit and play. A couple of people were playing Guitar Hero, stuff like that. 
the energy in that location was so palpable and so just perfect and precious and genius that I couldn't help but smile. And when I put my, together like my little compilation video for YouTube, which I'm, I think I'm going to do tonight. No, no, tomorrow. I'm going to the movies tonight, seeing Lion King. Uh, when I do that tomorrow, you'll see exactly my expression in my face because it just, it's just nostalgia in a heartbeat. It's nostalgia in an instant. And nostalgia always wins. And that is the beauty of this gaming expo. Um, so before I jump to the next part of the expo, I want to remind you guys, don't forget to... Um, check out my IG where I'm talking about going to Anime Fest. Anime Fest is coming up. It's coming up this weekend. So I'm going to be there for the whole weekend. Uh, don't forget to go to my YouTube page, Uncle Hokage on YouTube. And let's keep the ball rolling with more talk about Gaming Expo 2019, Irving, Texas. I think one of the things that I love so much about the Gaming Expo is just the fact that it almost youth youthifies, youngifies myself. I felt young, kind of when I was just walking about. One of those things, sit down, grab a seat, listen to your Uncle Hokage while he breaks a couple of things down. Things that happen to you when you get a little bit older. Um, the thing where they say when you become wiser as you get older is actually true. I didn't expect that. When I was in my teenage years, I thought I knew everything. When I was in my 20s, I was like, no, no, now I knew everything. Now I'm realizing I know nothing. And I feel like that's the beginning of wisdom. And the people who have been here longer than me in their 40s, 50s, 60s, they just have insights that we don't have. You just gain experiences and the accumulation of those experiences. You're able to notice patterns. You're able to pick things out. So with that wisdom, you kind of slow down. You consider more things. You're far more aware. And because of that awareness, you don't have as much time to sit and just enjoy things for what they are. You notice things, you comprehend, you build structures in the brain. And when you're doing this, that is the opposite of youth. Youth is being in the moment. Youth is trying things. Youth is not thinking about consequences. Youth is not um, being patient or taking your time or any of that stuff. It's being in a hurry. It's zooming forward. It's trying to figure out how to get there quicker, how to get it yesterday, how to do things multiple, multiple times. How many times in your, if you're super young, are you gonna watch your favorite movie? 20, 50? That's one of the funny things that happens is that parents are like, oh, they're watching that movie again. But as a kid, you don't think, oh, I've seen this one before, ready to move on. You watch your movie again as many times as you possibly can because that's your movie and you love it and you appreciate it. And that is a differentiating factor. So 
being in this environment and being in these game rooms and being around these enthusiastic people who they don't care what is what they just get to see the insight the behind the scenes this weird little user created content and they start to almost see the bones from inside the game what was cool too was the VR setups I don't know if it was just one company or if it was multiple companies but the way that they had it set up was they had the TV screen and then they had the VR masks and then you could try and play the game as stated or as described or whatever there was one game where you looked like you were shooting a bow and arrow and I had gotten some footage of it but you guys are never going to see the footage because it was it's too shaky like I didn't quite have the skill set um, not the skill set I didn't have the equipment to do non shaky camera footage so that isn't going to be viable I may do something with it maybe throw it through like a stabilizer slow it down so it just kind of is bumpy as opposed to shaky but for now um, this description is going to kind of have to do it was really interesting because the guy had uh, from his vision he was shooting a bow and arrow that was on screen using the triggers and stuff but from our vision we just see this mask and these two grips one that he's holding in each hand he pulls the grip back and then that's the hand moving to the actual uh, drawing the arrow from wherever it is and putting it in the string and letting the bow twang and fly uh, as he holds it steady with his other hand. That was super interesting. Uh, in addition to that, there was this one incident where Daredevil, not Daredevil, Deadpool was uh, <laughs> cosplay Deadpool. Cosplay Deadpool was wearing a mask and he was also playing a different VR game um, and I think too within those games they felt a little bit trapped so when they were in there they would be like okay I'm done I'm ready to get out like they felt like they were inside the location which is probably a surreal experience and it's not just like I put the controller down it's no I am in the game and that is that so that was pretty cool I kind of appreciated seeing something unique and different like that um, I think one of the other things that I really liked was I just liked the fact of how communal it was. All of the aspects when it comes to stuff like that aren't typically for me. Like, I'm not a big fan of tabletop games. I'll play them every now and then if it's a group, but not really my bag. Um, I am not also, I'm also not a fan of the I think they called it like the chimera room where there's a bunch of stuffed animal parts and so you can make your own plushie which is very cool not for me but I like the fact that it's there is what I'm getting at within the the subgenre there are other subgenres so things are broken down even further from the breakdown so everybody who's classified as gamer gets can uh, also equally be put into a different subset okay you are the 
nerd gamer, the card playing gamer, you are the tabletop gamer, you're the role playing gamer. That's actually one of the cool things when it came to MMOs was how there were different servers for different styles of play. Um, I think WoW is a great example because they had the PvE server where it was just you could go and you could uh, just explore but other players couldn't attack you so it's just you against the environment which is player versus environment PvE and there's PvP where you had to contend with the environment but then if there was another player from another uh, another faction uh, in that area too you might potentially have to contend with them and it was always create the most unique interactions which made it feel kind of real I remember and I wasn't a huge WoW player but I remember um, my first journeys and trying to learn how to kind of navigate that world so like I would be like I don't know level oh I probably should say this within that world even though it's full PvP you still couldn't go anywhere like the beginning areas were restricted to the um, lower levels right so if you if you were a very 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 high level and you came to a lower level you couldn't just attack a lower player right you could attack back if they attacked you and the NPCs would come after you but you couldn't just it wasn't just open season on newbies you know they put in those restrictions at the very least for people who were still kind of just getting acclimated to the game uh, in addition to that there was the P, uh, there were the kind of I guess semi-safe areas neutral zones right so you'd have the, the zones for one faction and then you had the middle uh, not mediating but I guess just the central locations which were considered neutral and because they were neutral both sides and both groups could be there and they could fight but neither had carte blanche to attack the other it had to either be established via uh, an official duel which I almost never did or you something would happen and maybe one attack the other I can't remember the neutral zone how it worked so I spent certain areas just off of myself and I'd see another player who was a diff from a, like the horde because I was playing alliance and in these neutral zones, I would freak for a second because they'd be way higher level than me. But then I realized, oh, it's the neutrals. I think this is what I mean by neutral zone. It may have been in my area. Um, and they couldn't, they couldn't really attack me, right? That was awesome. And so we would have these weird miming, dancing conversations where we're kind of half communicating, half having fun without actually causing harm. And it's almost like when two neighboring warring armies would meet in the middle of a combat zone. But because of circumstances or because of reasons, they couldn't fight. All they could do was just talk. So what did two people do when all they can do is just talk? 
they find commonalities, they laugh, they joke, and that's kind of that. Um, in addition to that, there were the actual um, hostile zones where anything went. So you'd have the cool environments um, where there'd be maybe lions and tigers, and you had to contend with uh, warring factions, so you never knew. That's what was so cool about that. And the kind of weird, I don't even know how I got on this topic. It was just a really fun, interesting experience. Not just to level, but to feel almost like the weight of reality, the tension of, yeah, anything could happen in this place because there's no protections. There's no laws that govern who is allowed to exist other than to the victor goes the strong, to the land goes the powerful, and the daring. So seeing those different like sections, I guess it just reminds me of all the different like factions within the gaming expo. I think it was a really cool experience. I've um, I'd never been to anything like that before, really in my life. I I, I want to say that even like the gaming tournaments and stuff, I've never been as hardcore a gamer when it comes to collaborative gaming as other people. Um, though I love Street Fighter, I was never like hyper competitive, um, where I had to go out and be the best in the nation or the best in my city. I got really good at Smash Brothers when it first came out, like the original. Like, y'all didn't want nothing of me uh, in the original. I was taking everybody out, right? But nowadays, I'm good, man. Give me my JRPGs and give me my Skyrim and all that stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm fantastic. The point of me saying this is, I had a fantastic time at this gaming expo. I think it's a super cool, super unique experience, and I can't wait to go back. I really hope that going forward, I'm, I can kind of add this into my usual stop. Because I want to go to these places on a more consistent basis. I want to actually find uh, some of these places that I can kind of call home. And I think that this is a good spot. So, all that being said, uh, that's kind of my, my um, what do you call it, experience with this event. Um, other than that, I'm just gearing up for Anime Fest. I've been talking about it for a while, but... Uh, like I said, how I needed a stabilizer, I gotta go pick mine up from the Amazon locker today. Uh, then I gotta practice with it, make sure I can actually do so, uh, some, make it steady, so I know how to make it work. Because we're gonna be filming Saturday, uh, I gotta get make sure everything's in order, badges, locations, hotels ready to go. Uh, I gotta make sure that I have food cooked because I don't want to spend a ton of money out there. I just want to go. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy the day and I want to um, just see everything I can see. I'm not planning on spending tons of money. I really just want to get footage. I want to uh, meet people. I want to enjoy the convention for everything that it is. And I think it's going to be a great time. So again, if you happen to see me out there, you see your Uncle Hokage, you'll recognize me from the YouTube if you've been on YouTube. Um, just say hi. Say, hey, Uncle Hokage, what's happening? 
and then I can, you know, let's talk about anime. Let's talk about King and Asura, which I hope you guys have seen. Um, I feel like I should do my full reaction to it because I watched the whole first season uh, that was on Netflix. Like, I binged the whole thing in a day or two. And I just went in. I thought it was great, especially for what it's trying to do. And it's not any type of brilliant storytelling masterpiece. It's not like Dostoevsky or anything like that. But man, when it comes to just hitting all of the right uh, buttons, it's so satisfying and it is so incredibly put together. And it is just so um, exuberant, exhilarating. That's the word, exhilarating. And it's so weird. Um, I think that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to put a check mark on this about my experience and I'm going to add an episode about um, that season one of King Ganasura I think that's what I'm going to do as I'm saying it it seems like the right thing to do <laughs> um, so yeah so I appreciate you guys listening um, I'm going to try to give you as much content as I possibly can uh, when I get to 50, 50 YouTube videos I'm going to change that whole thing and make it completely different so uh, here's to that I'm hoping that we can kind of keep doing what we're doing because there's too much amazing stuff that's happening and there's too many cool things going on in the world and I want everybody to be able to do what they want to do and not what they feel obligated to do which is the current state of the world there's too many people who are stuck in positions they don't care about who are working for people they don't like who are surrounded by people who don't understand them and who are bored seven eight hours a day including school time excluding work time including just being in places you don't want to be uh people so many people out trying to explain who they are to their family members who are the people who should be trying to understand them the most and if you are like this you should also be the most understanding because you know what it's like to be seen as different or odd or weird or strange we should all be understanding of the different idiosyncrasies that people come with obviously to an extent but make the effort try seek to understand before you condemn so that's my little spiel that's my little rant um other random news the final fantasy 8 remaster uh square enix is uh being hilarious on twitter they're they're taking the memes and saying uh you know the meme of squall where it says yo you're the handsome guy here the most handsomest guy here or the best looking guy here and they zoom in and it's like that super like like messed up like squash pixelated face well now with the remaster it's like full smooth fully rendered amazing 3d and when they zoom in it looks great and they're actually zooming in on the meme uh or on the square i think it's the final fantasy 8 you see the final fantasy 8 account or the square enix account um but i thought that was really funny and it's also on the Final Fantasy VIII thread on Reddit where a bunch of people are like, oh, it's finally happening. I kind of can't wait to play that remaster because that's my favorite Final Fantasy title. So I kind of have to play it. I'm always looking for an excuse to, to play it. So this will be a great excuse to see it fully realized and fully rendered. And to kind of get lost for a month or two 
and that old favorite. I think that's a great, fantastic game. But um, other than that, cool stuff I saw. I saw someone playing Jax and Daxter, which I haven't seen in years. Speaking, like, what happened to the platformer? That used to be such a staple, but now it's just gone when it comes to games. Seeing someone playing Jack and Daxter, I was like, I haven't had the time a jump in like 12 years. There are games with platform elements in it, but when a new, when Jack and Daxter came out, everyone was like, yeah. When Spyro the Dragon was out, everyone's like, oh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, Ape Escape, all of these platformers, and then the genre just died. The same way there's all these cookie-cutter shooters, there used to be cookie-cutter platformers, and that genre is just nowhere. And maybe I just haven't noticed, but I feel like Psychonauts might be the last real one that I've played. And now the ones that do have platformers are also like hybrids of something else, like platformer slash creator, like Little Big Planet or Super Mario uh, Maker. Yeah, it's weird, but that's just the state of things. Isn't that crazy? So, um, I didn't really see anything else weird. I did see Banjo-Kazooie, someone playing that, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of everything. I'm, I'm kind of rambling now just because I can, and this is my show. <laughs> I can kind of do whatever I want, but... Uh, I think that that's a good stopping place because I need to talk about King and Astro because I feel like there's so much to say about that show and I feel like everybody who likes anything like Street Fighter or Baki or King of Fighters or anything from that genre that got oversaturated in the 90s, you got to watch it. So uh, thanks for listening to Uncle Hokage's anime podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, Love, peace, and hair grease.